And welcome back to another episode of the Conspiracy Skeptic Unplugged. I'm your Conspiracy Skeptic, Carl Maymer. And with me today is, uh, is my guest, and uh, th- I think this will be a first uh, uh, Conspiracy Skeptic. I'm going to be interviewing somebody who's going mm, by, by a pseudo, pseudonym, pseudonym. You know him as uh, Nigel, Nigel St. Whitehall. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and Nigel writes a blog called uh, the, the the skeptical skeptical review. Yes, the skeptical review. Yeah, and uh, uh, it, it's almost a bit of maybe you know quid quid pro quo, or I think Spy Magazine used to call it log rolling. You 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 review my podcast. Yes. Yeah, and, I, I, among uh, many others, but about seven or eight others. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you always say nice things about my podcast. And so. Oh, that's why I'm on. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. So ba- basically, what, what, what's kind of your, your blog about? Um, well, um, my blog is basically my rantings and, and thoughts about whatever podcast I happen to be listening to at the time. Um, I mean, I don't really pretend to be some expert in some field, or I'm not definitely not a journalist, and my wife has to check my spelling. But um, it's just basically my thoughts, whatever pops in my brain, whatever podcast I'm listening to at the time. Sometimes, um, to be quite honest, I'm like, I can't write another podcast, but I'm saying, this podcast was great, and, you know, Rebecca Watson was a genius, and, you know, that type of thing, Um, which she always is almost. But, um, you know, and it's also, you know, I've only started it since mid-July of this year. So it's still sort of I'm still getting my uh, sea legs, so to speak. Right, right. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you, so you basically kind of just listen to various skeptical podcasts and just re- review them, right? Well, yeah, I, I'm too lazy to actually go out and do any research myself. So uh, the easiest thing I can do is just listen to other people's work, and then um, sometimes uh, I don't want to say mock. That's not accurate, but uh, just kind of share my thoughts. Yeah, no, I mean you definitely don't mock. I mean, one thing I really like about your podcast or your podcast, your your blog is um, is uh, well, well, two things. One, one you you know, you're you're you're, you're you offer criticism, but it, it, it's it's very gentle. That you're not uh, you, you don't you don't come out swinging, but you your criticism is is you know it's spot on, and uh, but but you also have a way of sort of saying it in a very sort of gentle way and, and not sort of crushing the soul of the podcaster, you know, which I, I, I kind of like. And Well, I, I'm, I'm not P.Z. Myers. Well, that's true, yeah. And, and it's not thing against P.Z. Myers. I'm glad he's out there, but that's definitely not me. Um, you know, I, I realize that people are doing these podcasts are basically doing it for free, um, and it takes a lot of time and effort. I know that just because I had a, an aborted podcast I tried to do three years ago, and we never even got it out of the, uh, the beta stage, so to speak. So for someone to go out there and just start ripping other people apart, I just I just can't do it. Um, oh. But the same token, though, if I you know, listen to a podcast and something doesn't strike me as quite right, or I think somebody's going off track, or I just kind of makes me think about another topic, I'll just write about it and you know try to be as fair as I possibly can be. Yeah, and uh, the other thing I. Too is, is I mean a lot of the podcasts you listen to and, and review I, I listen to it and, and, uh, and e- even even though I've already heard the podcast I, I, I like your review because you, you you catch a lot of things that you know I miss or you have a good perspective that 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 sort of I, I don't have and so it's always sort of interesting to sort of you know uh, 
sort of see how you know so, somebody else who listened to the same podcast, you know, what what they got got out of it. And, and well, I'm, I'm glad you're getting something out of it because um, you know when I first started doing, it, I'm thinking, is anybody going to want to read this? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I always think I'm like the uh, – like whenever I watch a movie, you know, I'm just like the ultimate uh, movie watcher in that I just watch it and I don't go, now, where's that guy going with the chainsaw? You know, I just go, that guy's got a chainsaw. Oh, no, now he's killing that person, you know? <laughs> like I'm just a total – I'm a total, you know, I don't know, just uh, – just sponge and uh and 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 so i i i kind of like to read your your blog because you you, you know you you you, were, you notice things that i don't notice in in these podcasts that just right over my head well i mean, I mean you know it's, it's uh, one thing i do not do and i tried it when i very first started to write it and it just i it took all the fun out of listening to the podcast with taking notes um, and I just sort of decided, you know what, I'm going to basically go by my memory. Unless I'm, I'm writing it, I have to kind of listen to that little bit if I'm quoting or something. Um, so, I mean, that's, so I'm always afraid that one day I'm going to get caught being completely inaccurate because I thought I was listening to something correctly in the car, but I really wasn't. And next thing I know, I've horribly botched something. But uh, so far, I haven't done that. Um, but I'm always listening to these podcasts and thinking, no, they're saying, what? No, why are they saying that? And um, you know, some podcasts, I obviously, I think it's pretty obvious, some of them, I mean, I, all the podcasts that I review, I like every single one of them. I'm not listening to podcasts just to listen to them. Um, but on the other hand, I think it's kind of obvious that I have, you know, certain uh, teacher's pets than other ones. But um, right. I try to be fair with all of them. Right. And, uh, and, and uh, sort of the top of the show, I sort of uh, noted that you, you, you go by a pseudonym, Nigel St. Whitehall. Uh, yes. Yeah, you, you uh, can, can, can I say what your profession is? Oh, I'm an attorney. It's on my it's on my uh, website. Okay, okay I'm an yeah. Attorney. I work for the uh, state of Pennsylvania. Oh, okay, yeah. So you're you're kind. You know, you've got a you've got a very straight straight job, and you, you obviously maybe want to uh, uh, you know not sort of expose yourself to you know what this what this I don't know this 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 hobby of ours can sometimes bring, right? Well, it actually it's the. Um, yeah, I mean, part of it is, you know, uh, I think we exchanged an email a couple of weeks ago about when PZ Myers is talking about on his, on Frangula, about him being threatened. Right. And not that I'm anywhere near him. I mean, this, that's just absurd. Um, I'd be happy to get 150th for the people who uh, go through his uh, website. Um, but uh, you just, I'm just, my wife is a little wary about someday somebody's not going to like what I write in. You know, you're going to come down from Toronto and. Uh, <laughs> You know, show up at my front door with a shotgun and say, "Okay, why'd you write that one uh, review?" Um, well, if it's also, if, if it's a Canadian, it'll be like moose antlers or something. Right? Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you have a little more gun control than down here in the states. You know? Yeah, <clears throat> You're, you'll bring a knife, and I'll have the gun. And, you know, exactly. <laughs> um, and also, I just use the name because that was the name I started to use on um, the uh, SGU forum. Okay. And so it's just sort of a, a carryover from that. And I took the name um, from about six or seven years ago. A couple of buddies and I went to Las Vegas. And on the flight out, we decided, well, say things get interesting. We don't want to uh-huh. use our real names. And so we all picked very British names. Oh, uh, okay. Um, it just kind of led from that. But don't, I mean, I can't say it actually came in handy in Las Vegas because uh, it never really needed to be used. But uh, we had a plan. 
Ah, good. And you you were a diamond merchant. Was that your uh, your your cover job? Oh, that would have been good. I forget where I was going to. I think I was going to be a shepherd. Ah, okay. I think oh. I was going to be Nigel St. Whitehall, the shepherd on holiday from the Isles or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so that's where they all came from. But um, I'm sure if I ever become big enough, you know, my real name will get out. But uh, for the time being, eh, I'm Nigel. All right, cool. All right. And and so you're, uh, you, your conspiracy is, your favorite conspiracy is? Oh, well, there are many favorites. But... Um, the JFK conspiracy has always kind of been the all-American conspiracy in my book. Um, just because, unlike most other conspiracies, which I think fade with time, I think we're stuck with the JFK conspiracy forever. Yeah, uh, so with JFK, like John F. Kennedy, like the assassination. Yeah, the assassination of John F. Kennedy in Dallas. Yeah, I guess, I guess for you know our, our one listener in Prague yeah. who maybe doesn't quite – JFK, what? there's yeah. an airport, you know. <laughs> I don't know, right? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, um, so John F. Kennedy, he was assassinated. When, when was he? Well, I mean, just I guess John F. Kennedy was our 35th president. Um, he was the youngest elected president of the United States. Uh, he came from a very political family from the state of Massachusetts. Uh, he was a World War II hero. Um, they made a movie about him called PT 109. Um, and he was, you know, the, the term people used after the fact, I think for the most part was that the white house was considered Camelot. Right. Um, he had a very young and beautiful wife and two young children. And, and, you know, he, he brought in this brain trust from the Ivy league schools and they were going to fix everything. And, um, you know, effectively once he was assassinated, that's kind of the demarcation between the, uh, free rolling fifties and early sixties with lots of hope and all that. And then, you know, Next thing you know, it was 1968, and cities are burning in the United States. So um, that's just a quick overview of why JFK is sort of important. So, so the uh, what would give us what the uh, you know the the official story of of, of the JFK assassination? How, how did the official? How's the official story go? Well, the the really short version is is that a, a young loner, drifter, loser named Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, happened to be found himself, happened to be working in the building where the president's uh, parade path was going to be taking through the city of Dallas on November 22nd, 1963. And uh, he went home the day before, got his rifle out of the house where his wife was staying with a friend. And uh, over lunch at almost exactly 1230 um, central time, he uh, fired three shots at the presidential motorcade. The second shot most likely striking the president's back and the uh, governor of Texas who was sitting in front of him, and the third shot hitting the president's uh, in the head, basically not killing him instantly, but uh, it was a it was a mortal wound. And right. um, shortly thereafter, he was arrested, and while in police custody and being interrogated, when he was being moved to the county prison, a um, fan of Kennedy named um, Jack Ruby. Uh, and who was also friends of many of the police at the station, uh, he came up and shot him and killed him. And uh, that was that's the official story in about a minute. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, one of the things I sort of find interesting about the uh, sort of the, 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 you know, the Kennedy assassination, you know, the conspiracy is that um, almost sort of paralleling it a bit with 9-11. Now, I mean, almost right, almost right after the assassination, people are, there are already people sort of coming out going, you know, 
conspiracy, conspiracy. And uh, same thing with kind of 9-11. I mean, it wasn't too long after 9-11. I think it was maybe that French French guy that was sort of saying about, you know, oh, no way a plane hit the Pentagon. And um, but, but in the, uh, you know, the Kennedy assassination, I mean, it was um, – it was it was books. People were putting out books, you know, sort of informing the public. Oh, there's an there was a conspiracy, and and something like even today, I think something like seventy percent of the population believes there there was a conspiracy. Whereas, whereas you know today with the, with, with sort of the internet, where you know people can throw out a conspiracy, but it can be immediately countered by other people. You know, um, a much lower percentage of people think you know there, there you know there was a conspiracy in nine eleven. Well, I, I, I agree. Um, I mean, right after the, I mean, right after nine eleven, obviously, I think very quickly it was realized, you know, there were approximately nineteen people, and they came from the Middle East, mostly from Saudi Arabia. Um, there was a story that kind of gelled relatively quickly, and plus, you had Al Qaeda um, taking, you know, patting themselves in the back in public um, with JFK. Uh, I mean, almost immediately, you know, I mean, some background with Oswald is, I mean, he, he was a, a, a Marxist, um, and literally he said, you know, I am a Marxist, and he would get, I he, think he subscribed to a paper called The Worker's Daily or The Worker or something or the other. Um, and he said he was a Marxist starting on age 15, and then he did something interesting where he joined the U.S. Marine Corps, um, right. which I've always I always wish I could be a fly on the wall when he's talking to other United States Marines who are the most, you know, I mean, hardcore patriotic Americans that you can possibly imagine um, and saying, I'm a Marxist. Um, I just have no idea how that must have gone over in the barracks. Um, But he basically got out of the Marines early and then lived in Russia for, I think, approximately a year and a half. Tried to become a Soviet citizen I think he got tired of the uh, alleged, you know, the, how Marxism was actually being practiced in the Soviet Union at the time and came back with a, a wife who I think at the time she was pregnant or she just, they just had right. a baby over there. Um, so, you know, when they found Oswald, I mean, I think a lot of people thought off the bat, okay, this is either, and I would have probably thought the same thing at the time. This is Russia getting him back, Kennedy back for um, – you know, a number of things, but mainly for um, the Cuban Missile Crisis, or it's Castro getting him back. I mean, I mean, I would have thought, uh oh, the communists are coming to get him. Right. Um, in fact, uh, LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson, Kennedy's vice president, who became president. I mean, apparently, to his dying day, he thought that it was Castro trying to get Kennedy, um, which I always think is fascinating. He didn't believe his own report. But um, that was how LBJ thought. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, so, I mean, they didn't have the technology and they didn't find out what was going on right away. I, I don't agree that off the bat a lot of people said, no, 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 there's a conspiracy. It's not just one man. I think it grew over a couple of years. Um, I think it took a while longer back then because the conspiracy people, at least my read on the history. Okay is that it took until the Warren Commission, like the the, the Warren Commission came out around September of 64. Um, Okay. And then about six months later, the 21 volumes of evidence that they went through and the depositions and all that type of thing 
came out. And once those books came out and people started to go through them and nitpick them, I think that's when the conspiracy really started to kick into high gear. So, you know, I mean, things were a little slower than with 9-11, but I think it took a good maybe two years. But, um, you know, for that time frame, that was probably lightning fast. Right. Um, yeah. Oswald, when he when he joined the Marines, I mean, you know, one of the things might have seemed strange to people, like, you know, well, why does a why does a Marxist join the Marines? You know, um, did did you sort of in, encounter anything that sort of explains? Well, I mean, the, the, the closest thing I could really find was that he, I mean, Oswald had a, you know, he lived with his mother. They moved some ridiculous amount of time, like twelve or fourteen different times. And uh, he, I just think it was a way for him to like get away from the house, you know, right. join the Marines. Um, you know, he may not be, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? The most patriotic uh, character, but yet, you know, the Marines were probably the easiest ticket for him to get out of that life. You know, I, I read too that he, he, like, he had a brother, like an older brother who was a Marine. So oh yeah, kinda, yeah, that too. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So. And, and in the Marines, he he, uh, he he learned to shoot in the Marines, right? Yeah, um, and he wasn't you know he wasn't the best shot, but he you know he definitely got passing grades. Um, right. And you know you hear two different stories in that when you read some of this literature, the conspiracy literature. Some of them say you know he couldn't shoot the side of a barn, and other ones are saying no 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 he was a, he was a, a, an ace marksman you know basically trained by the CIA they knew who they got. <laughs> and, and the and the truth of the matter is he was you know I mean he was good but not like you know somebody probably send on the secret mission to uh, wipe out the enemy if you were in the middle of a battle. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. I read that. Sorry, yeah. I just read that he uh, like he like a couple of his scores like one one score qualified and I don't even know what these designations mean but like one score qualified him as like a, like a marksman marksman rating and another qualified him for like a slightly better rating like yeah like, like overall i mean yeah he was he was he was a a good you know a better than average shot on on, on the range right yeah he was i mean yeah he was better than average and he was definitely satisfactory and um you know marines take pride in their ability to be marksmen so i think even being an average marksman or an average shot in the marines is probably far better than i could ever imagine um it was marksman and sharpshooter yeah. those are the two two ratings right those are the two ratings he got right okay and um and uh, i mean i don't mean to skip around but actually the shot that he took wasn't a terribly difficult shot to make um i mean you know you read some of these conspiracy books and they make it sound as if jfk were 400 yards away and he was moving, and it was a terrible, and you had to be an expert shot to get him. But actually, um, I think the first shot was from 30-some yards out, and the last shot was around 80 yards. Um, and he was moving – well, I mean, I guess it's kind of hard to say on a podcast. But he was moving <laughs> in a way slightly downhill and away from where Oswald was in the sixth-floor um, book depository building. So it was almost – if you're looking through a, a, a scope or an open site, he was almost moving – in a straight line, which is about right. as good as you really want to get it. Um, right. And his scores he was getting in the Marines, he was qualifying at 100 yards, three, I think 103, 100, 200, 300, and like 500 or something like that. So, I mean, he was basically firing at close range. And, you know, I mean, when you, we, uh, 
this, I mean, we were trading emails back and forth about, you know, doing JFK. Um, yeah, that's right, folks. This isn't off the top of our heads. Um, <laughs> we actually, we actually had a few emails to figure this one out. Um, um, I, I, I read all these books over the, over my lifetime. I've probably read three or four conspiracy books. I read, uh, Reclaiming History by um, Vincent Bugliosi, which, you know, that took me months. Um, and I read uh, some other books, but when I went back to kind of refresh my memory for this, suddenly I was like, I forgot how many conspiracy theories there actually are. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the, um, you know, the mafia, you know, like Lyndon, Lyndon Johnson. My, my, my favorite one was where... Uh, uh, something like like Oswald base one theory was like Oswald you know he he did act alone but his wife uh, his wife found JFK attractive and that sort of pissed him off so so he wanted to sort of bump off JFK just because his wife found him attractive which, which sort of like you know in my dating career I mean you know Leo DiCaprio a couple <laughs> times you know a couple girlfriends have made me want to you know pump a couple bullets into Leo but you know well that's I mean, I, I'm not gonna <laughs> that reminds me of um, why um, what Hinckley tried to assassinate President Reagan that he was trying to impress oh I forget which actress it was uh, Jodie Foster, Jody Foster. Um, right yes so I guess you know that's it. That's it. I guess that could be viable if you wanted to be. Um, interestingly enough, this past weekend when I was flipping through C-SPAN, which um, I, I, you know, I'm sure you have listeners all over the world because you're just the man. Um, <laughs> no, I'm sure you do actually. C-SPAN in the states is this—it's uh, the federal government's cable network, and it just—it yes. just handles. I don't know if you have the same thing in Canada or not. But um, in the States, we have three channels, and the one channel on the weekends is dedicated to history. And lo and behold, they were doing a rebroadcast of Vincent Bugliosi doing, uh, giving a talk about reclaiming history. Um, and he's, you know, giving questions and answers. And what, the one thing I found really interesting was Vincent's theory is that the night before, Oswald, Oswald was sort of estranged from his wife. His wife was living with another woman who was estranged from her husband, like outside of Dallas. And Oswald was living in this little, like, literally an oversized closet or a small room in a boarding house in the city. Well, he went back the night before, and apparently, according to uh, his wife, Oswald was begging her for him to be able to, like, come back home and them to get back together. And she was like, no, 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 no. Because Oswald had a history of being a wife beater, and they had a very rocky relationship. And his theory is, if she had said, yes, Oswald, why don't you come back? I forgive you. He probably wouldn't have committed. He would not have done the assassination. Wow. But, and, you know, I, there's no way to prove it. And he, he admits there's no way to prove it. But he just can't figure out why he would go back, beg his wife to, you know, take him back. And he was going to buy her a used washing machine and all sorts of great stuff. Um, and after that, he left the next morning. I think he left 120 or 170 dollars on the bureau, his wedding ring, and he left with you know his rifle wrapped up in a blanket or newspapers or something like that to get a ride back into the city. So you know, I've always wondered when I heard that. All I could think is, how would you like to be her sitting there thinking, if I had just said, "Yeah, Oswald, you can come back in," you know, history would be completely different. You, you know, what you commented earlier about how, um, you know, like some people say, you know, there's you know, no no way could like, you know, the best marksman in the world make Oswald shot. Um, 
reminds me too of you know coming back to nine eleven, where uh, you know there's always some pilot out there that you know comes forward and it's like you know there's no way you know anybody could sort of fly that plane and have, you know have avoided all those you know lamp posts and crashing into the Pentagon. You know, it, it just sort of strikes me that something kind of, kind of similar. That I mean, have you have you encountered uh, you know? Other, you know, marksmen that said have said, you know, no, I could, I could make that shot, you know. Well, I or, mean, I, uh, being an American, uh, we all have guns, right? Um, and I have a hunting rifle, which I haven't used in years, and I'm very glad I never actually shot anything. But um, uh, I mean, I've been to target ranges, and I got to be honest, we have a half decent scope. Anything that's, you know, a hundred to two hundred yards, it's not that hard, right? Um, I, I just, you know, when people say that, I'm just like, have they never used a gun? Um, I mean, it, it, it's not a very difficult shot. And, um, I mean, just to go back to your 9-11 statement, my stepfather-in-law is a pilot. You know, he's, he flies like just a little single-engine plane that he has. Mm-hmm. I asked him about that one time, about, you know, the conspiracy that you can't fly a plane like that into a building. It's too difficult, all that type of stuff. And he basically said, well, the hard part about flying a plane is taking off and landing. Um, once you're flying the plane, you know, it's not that hard. Um, so I just kind of thought that was an interesting, uh, take on it. Yeah. Um, but that's off topic, you know, yeah. unless somebody flew a plane into Kennedy, you know, that's another conspiracy theory, I suppose. Um, uh, the, uh, the, wait, so the, the Warren Commission, it found no evidence of a conspiracy. <laughs> like in, in, in the late seventies, there was that. What a House committee select on, committee on uh, assassinations, right? And and they and they 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 said maybe there was a conspiracy. Did well, you, why why did they, why did they come to that? Why did they come to that conclusion? Or is, or is that the or is that sort of the con, sort of the well, quote mind version of their conclusion? Well, no. Um, I mean, actually, you know, they were working on the report, um, and from what I've read, they were going to come out and say. There's no conspiracy. Um, and very, near the very end of the whole process, some, I forget what their names were, and I think they came from Queens College, said, wait, 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 wait. We have acoustic evidence. And they compared the acoustic signals from, there were two channels that were open that the Dallas police were using at that time to uh, communicate. The, the dictabelts. The, yeah, the dictabelts. And they said that in, in one section of the one dictabelt, there's this noise, and that noise is a fourth shot. Or it's actually not a fourth shot. It was the third of four shots which missed the uh, presidential motorcade, and that means there must have been two shooters, and therefore there was a conspiracy, and they just kind of left it at that. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Um, but since then, um, that was rebutted um, about three or four years after they came out by the National Academy of Sciences, they came out with a report saying, no, they're wrong. That's just static. Um, that other test was wrong, which right. would take it back down to three shots, no conspiracy. And then that was rebutted about 20 years later by, oh, I want to say Tom or Thomas. Another, another guy, yeah. Another guy t- rebutted that. And then, of course, Two years after that, ABC News got their new experts in to listen to it, and they basically more or less reaffirmed the 81 report, and they said, no, the two dicta belts, when they were listening to it, they're about a minute off. 
Um, so that sound they're hearing has nothing to do with the assassination because it's a whole minute. Yeah, I forget if it was. I think it was a minute later. Right, right. Um, and then in 2005, another group of uh, scientists got together and reaffirmed the 2003 and 81 reports. So I kind of think the House Select Committee at the last minute did a little bit of a sloppy job. Okay. Now, if I remember that, the, the, it was a dedict about. Like there were there were two like there was like a two microphones and 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 the and the one that that supposedly had the gunshots or or the signatures what they said were signatures of gunshots. It, it also picked up the other mic recording and 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 no. And no one really paid attention for a while to what was being sort of said that, that it was a crosstalk or something. And and when they listened to the crosstalk, they realized, oh, this is crosstalk from stuff that happened actually after the shootings. So so there was no way that this that the what these markers, what they said were well, these are the markers of gunshots. Based on the crosstalk it picked up there's no way these they could have been gunshots. You know. Because yeah, it, it all happened after in time. And, you know, yeah, it all after, happened about a, a minute later, and it, it right. was all. I think the second dictabout, which had the alleged fourth gunshot, was from a jammed microphone on one of the motorcycles, uh, police motor, motorcycles. Um, so he had to be where they needed him to be for that to be the shot. But a minute later, I mean, Kennedy was halfway to uh, Parkview Hospital, so right. I don't think anybody was chasing him down the street shooting at him at that time. Yeah. So, um, so, so the House, what was it, the Select Committee on Assassinations, they pluralized it, which I thought was, was weird. Well, they uh, covered a lot of assassinations. Oh, yeah? Okay. They covered RFKs, and they also covered um, MLKs. They, they only did people who had, I guess, initials for names. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they covered all of them, and um, I believe nothing that big came out of the other two reports. But, of course, for you know, John Kennedy's assassination is the – the headline item and that one, right. you know, they basically fed, uh, they poured gasoline on the conspiracy fires for another couple of decades okay. until, um, they came out with the movie JFK, which made it even worse. <laughs> so, but the, the interesting thing is that the house select committee on assassinations, whatever it was called that they, um, yeah, yeah. Ba- basically their, their, their conclusion was, uh, if the dicta belt recording is correct, you know, then, then there must have been a conspiracy because then there were four shots, not three shots. And, and I think there could only be three. Kenneth or Oswald only had time to get off three shots. Like they, they sort of tested that yeah. forwards and backwards, and they're like, okay, no way he could have gotten off four shots, right? Yeah. And, and so if they hear four shots on the dicta belt, then therefore there, you know, must have been a, you know, a, a, you know, a, a second shooter in the the uh, you know the grassy knoll dude, and. Um, yeah. So, um, no, I mean, other than other than the uh, you know the the four shots and the dicta belt, what, what do the conspiracy people say about you know this the so-called grassy knoll guy? You know, the, the, from the right from sorry from the from the JFK movie, there was like you know back and to the left, back and to the left. You know, what, what's what's all that about? Well, um, yeah, at the grassy knoll, actually, apparently there were you know the there was these the three tramps. And, um, you know, when you look at the three tramps or in some of the, the video coverage, but they were far too clean-shaven to be tramps. They must have been assassins. Right. Um, that, that's, that's what the, the conspiracy people say, that they're... Yeah, that, they, they were, you know, they were dressed as tramps, but they were actually assassins behind the fence, behind the grassy knoll. Um, but there's a whole host of problems that keep getting ignored. 
Um, I mean, one of them is that they, it was next to a um, rail yard, and I guess there was a tower in the rail yard, and there was a witness who looked down, and he said, yeah, I saw three tramps, but at the time of the shootings, there was nobody by the fence. Um, also, you know, interesting about the three tramps is that there are all kinds of theories about who the three tramps were, including actor Woody Harrelson's father. Ah, right. Who, who, he actually is a killer, though, isn't he? Yeah, he, I, you know, I, I gotta be honest, I don't know what his story is, but he apparently wasn't the most, I don't know, savory character, but right. I could complete, be completely wrong, so if right. Woody's listening, uh, sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, I think he's in jail for, I think he actually did kill a cop or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I do remember reading that. Um, and also, E. Howard Hunt was allegedly one of the three tramps, but he was proved to be not even in the city. Um, and other, I also what I think is more damning is that uh, is that from that angle, it was actually much more difficult to fire at the president than it would be from where Oswald was, um, just because of the way the angles were and that the way the tree was in front of where uh, in front of there were trees in front of the fence that it made that shot really difficult to pull off. Um, so I, I just don't understand why people keep going back to the grassy knoll, um, but they do. Um, and what I always find more frustrating is the uh, alleged magic bullet theory, um, which has always been attributed to my senior senator, Arlen Specter. Oh. Um, and um, which I always find amazing because it never comes up when he keeps running for reelection, but <laughs> I guess it's old enough news. Um, Wait, so, but before we get into the magic yeah. bullet theory, I mean that, that's yeah. that's one of the key things. The uh, you know, um, I mean, one of the claims is that is that you know the the way the because you know when you look at the Zapruder film, you know that the right rear right portion of Kennedy's head is you know just blown off, right? And and people say, well, no, that that's an exit wound. There, no way does a bullet sort of enter the rear right and blow off a huge you know, bunch of skull and then sort of make a little hole out the front of the head, you know, that, that people think that the bullet comes in small and then blows off out the back, you know. Um, well, they altered the wounds. Right. I mean, you know, I guess, um, well, I think, who was the first guy to think of that? Um, I guess a guy named uh, I went, Lipton. Some guy wrote a book and it was one of the first ones where he said, no, 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 you know. Kenny's wounds are one way, and um, you know they altered them before they stuck him on Air Force One and flew him back to uh, D.C. And you know it's a giant conspiracy, blah blah blah. Um, but actually, I spent Monday night. This doesn't sound ghoulish enough. <laughs> watching like ten different versions because there were more than just the Zapruder film of Kennedy being assassinated. Right. Um, there was Zapruder. There was Nix. There was a whole host of others. But basically, Zapruder had the best view. And I was watching there's – a, there's, a, there's a frame, which I think is like 161 to 162, um, where when the Kennedy is hit, his head goes forward about two or three inches. And you can see this bright red spray to his front. Okay. And it, 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 you know, it's very ghoulish. Um, but it's quite clear to me that that shot's coming from the rear. Right. I don't see how you look at that footage and um, – take it that it was coming from the front because it just wouldn't have made any sense. Um, and that sort of produced the, 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 you know, the back. There's like a, like a jet of blood and brains coming out the front. So it's like, oh like yeah. A, Cause the bullet yeah. goes in small and then it, it spreads right. out in the brain. And then, you know, you, you had the president's brain all over the place. Yeah. Um, 
I, I mean, I, I think it's relatively clear. I mean, you know, the president's hit and then he slumps backwards, but, you know, he's clearly hit from the rear. Um, although I'm sure there's people listening to this right now who are like, no way, man. You were paid off by the military industrial complex. Um, <laughs> well, you by do. The way, did, you, did you get your check? Yeah, not, not yet. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I'm waiting for mine. So, you know. Yeah. Well, longer they delay, maybe worse the Canadian dollar is. So more more money I make on the on the back end. So uh, that's a good point. Good point. No, when I, I was watching that Zapruder film, one of the things I noticed about like the Zapruder film is a lot of times, like when you see it on television, they run it in black and white. But that that was a color film. Was that originally a color film? Oh yeah, it was originally it was shot on a I think a Bell and Howard wind up. Uh, 18, well, not 18 millimeter, uh, eight millimeter camera. Okay. Um, and it actually was shooting at, I think 18.3 frames a second, which is actually a shame because I mean, the faster the film would go, the more information you'd get. So, you know, the, by the time the bullet hit Kennedy and went through Connolly, um, I mean, it's never actually on any single frame of film because it actually occurred between the frames. Um, but no, it was originally shot in color, um, and actually, it's amazing. You always think of that time frame as being in black and white, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of color footage of that event. Right. I just I just noticed that, like when when they show it on TV, they show it in black and white. But I, and I, I kind of realize when you see it in color, especially on uh, like like YouTube, is that is that um, in color? I mean, it's it's very gruesome and graphic. I mean, you see that blood and part of the head flap off and, oh, and yeah. But, yeah but when they show it on tv in black and white you you lose a certain detail and it's you know i don't know i just sort of that's neither here nor there well, but i guess it makes it more family friendly you know? exactly show it to the kitties yeah <laughs> but uh but it's it's a gru- it's a gruesome piece of footage even for you know it, it even now i mean when you see like i mean you know you go to like you know, ogre.com or liveleak.com. And there's some pretty gruesome videos there, but, yeah. but it, you know, it holds up. Well, I mean, what just, that made me think of something that, uh, my birthday is on November 22nd. So I can always tell it's my birthday. Cause when I wake up, I usually get to see, uh, on TV <laughs> that day, the president being assassinated. <laughs> happy birthday. Yeah. It's like happy. Oh, Kenny's been being shot again. Great. Oh, that's nice. Okay, so uh, the, so the, the the magic the magic bullet, um, uh, or, or also called the sing, single bullet theory by by sort of one crowd, and the the magic bullet is more of a derogatory term used by yeah. the conspiracy theory people. So 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 uh, so so to review the three shots fired, uh, one one missed, one went through. Supposedly went through Kennedy's neck and then entered Connolly, and like and the, the other one, you know, was sort of the kill shot on, on Kennedy. So, so the magic bullet refers to which which, which bullet? Well, it's it's assumed that the first shot missed. Okay. Um, I don't think that's ever been one hundred percent confirmed, but I think the consensus is the first shot missed. The second shot came down, hit Kennedy in the upper part of his back, um, and Kennedy at the time was slightly hunched to his. Forward, so it went through his back in a straight line, out his, basically out his um, Adam's apple or, or that area, okay. um, and then hit Connolly, went through Connolly, hit his cufflink, and then ended up in his uh, thigh. Okay. 
Um, and of course, the conspiracy theorists would tell you that uh, because Kennedy and Connolly were sitting right, like Ken, it's hard to explain this, but if you just take two chairs lined up directly in front of each other, and the guy in the front's Connolly, and the guy in the back is Kennedy, they're saying that if the bullet went through Kennedy, it would have to stop in midair after it went through Kennedy's neck, move over to the right about eight inches, and then go through Connolly, and therefore it must be a magic bullet. Right, okay. Um, but that's just wrong on so many levels, too. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen, I mean, the, the, you know, computer graphics where, you know, I mean, they can draw a straight line. And, and, and just, you know, depending on, you know, which way Connolly is and which way Kennedy is, I mean, the, the bullet does not have to, you know, make the, the magical right turn in midair, you know, that, that, that it's, that, 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 that the trajectory is possible. Um, well, I mean, it's not so much about the trajectory of the bullet. It's that they always mess up. They always have it that Kennedy, 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 the president, <laughs> the president and the governor are sitting on the same level, perfectly straight behind each other. But that wasn't the case. Connolly, Kennedy was sitting in the back seat of the car, which is a little bit elevated. Connolly was sitting in a jump seat in front of the, the president, and the jump seat was two, about six or eight inches inboard and below the president's seat. So Connolly was actually sitting – if you're the president sitting in the chair, if you're Kennedy, Connolly was sitting in front of him but a little bit lower to the left. Um, so in other words, when that bullet comes in straight, it can easily – in fact, there's no other place to go through the president except into Connolly. Right. Um, and you know the, 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 the retort you can always say to the – the crowd are saying, no, 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 that's not right, is if you follow, if you go by the conspiracy theorists that one bullet killed Kennedy and then a second bullet entered Connolly, where did that bullet that went into Kennedy go? Right. Because if that's traveling in a straight line, it should have killed the driver. But the driver was the one, wasn't the driver the one who shot Kennedy? Well, at the end, he turned around. And you can clearly see him as a pruder from He turned around with a pistol and shot him. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's actually good on YouTube, a good sort of blow up where you can sort of see, you know, the driver had both hands on the wheel at the moment he was supposedly supposed to turn around with a, he, he got him with like a, a poison shellfish uh, <laughs> dart or something like that, according to uh, some, some, some whack ball I, I read. Well, I mean, I, a horrible version of Kennedy's, like the kill shot is, you know, Kennedy's riding around, there's a shot, misses, there's a shot, Kennedy and Connolly get hit. And then one of the secret service agents, as he's trying to bring around his M16, <laughs> Accidentally discharges the rifle and kills the president. <laughs> and, you know, I've always thought that that is, I mean, that's just, I mean, beyond compare. That's just a horrible theory. Uh, I mean, and I hate to be that poor secret servant agent where, you know, he walks yeah, into really? parties and they go, oh, you're the guy who killed the president. And you got to sit there and say, no, I didn't fire my gun. You know. No, that, 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 the, the magic bullet. AKA, you know, the, the single bullet. It's got, I think it has a couple other, names for it. This is the most named bullet in the world. It's also sometimes known as the stretcher bullet and, and the pristine bullet. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, well, the, yeah, the, it's known as pristine bullet because apparently, you know, allegedly when Kennedy and Connolly are brought into the emergency department at Parkland Hospital, um, which is a little piece of trivia that's always interesting, is, is that Kennedy, if I'm getting this right, Kennedy and Oswald were both died in Parkland Hospital within like 72 hours of each other. Hmm. So I guess that's the only hospital they had in Dallas. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, that's what it sounds like. Oh, they took him to Parkland. Um, but when Kennedy was being worked on and Connolly was being worked on by the surgeons, they found this bullet came, you know, they found this bullet on the stretcher that Connolly was on. Right. Um, and, you know, when you look at pictures of the bullet, especially from the side, it looks nearly pristine. Um, and, of course, the theory is how does a bullet go, you know, through the president's back, out his throat, through Connolly, nick a rib, hit a cufflink, and then end up being pristine. <laughs> but if you look at the bullet head on, you can clearly tell that the side of the bullet has been kind of squished in. But none of the uh, assassination books ever show that the actual bullet had been uh, deformed. Um, so I, it's not really all that pristine. It's not in bad shape, but it's definitely not pristine. This is sort of another... 9-11 parallel it's like, like world trade center seven right you know it's always like they always talk about the one side where it's like look how look how undamaged the building looks right but they never sort of talk about you know sort of the other side of the world trade center seven where it's not in such good shape or something like that well there were, were cracks um and the foundation was in terrible shape and they said you, everybody better get out because this place is going to hold um and you know i mean i've been i was just in that I was just at the uh, Ground Zero uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we visited the site, and it's not that big of a space. Um, it's kind of hard to think that any of those buildings around there still <laughs> Right, yeah. When you had these thousand to- two ta- thousand tower buildings crushing down. I mean, right. it's amazing the damage that occurred wasn't far greater. Yeah. I it's mean, a great thing, but still. I mean, they, they released all that potential energy, right? I mean, there was all that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's got to go someplace. Yeah, and it just happened to rumble enough and have stuff go fall into that building, and it, it collapsed. Um, but um, yeah, so you know, but, you know, I, the nine eleven conspiracy and most conspiracies, what I always find fascinating is that you know you can sit there and explain away to somebody the magic bullet. This is why is in the magic bullet. The president wasn't sitting in that position, and Connolly was sitting in this position, so it makes sense. And people will sit there and say, "Oh yeah, sure, sure." If you talk to the same people six months later, they'll say, oh, boy, the magic bullet, it couldn't exist. Um, people, this is so ingrained in everybody. I, I, I hate that. I just don't think it's one of those conspiracy theories that with time is going to go away. Um, I mean, it's little known that after Lincoln was assassinated, there were all kinds of conspiracy theories. Um, but, you know, with time, basically, those have dissipated. Right. And I also think that the uh, moon hoax conspiracies will dissipate. Um, and even 9-11, I think the skeptical community has done a wonderful job of tackling it head on and basically tamping that down pretty good. Right. But the JFK conspiracy, um, I mean, this is very anecdotal. But, um, I mean, I'm a very skeptical guy, obviously. And part of the reason is my father. My father is not, you know, he, you know, all that ghost, goblins, Loch Ness monsters, all that type of nonsense. Just it, you know, ah, it's bullshit. Um, but the JFK conspiracy is like, oh no, 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 that was a conspiracy. <laughs> and I just kind of hang my head down, like, oh come on, Dad. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> you know, I think Johnson went him under or something. You know, and I'm just right. like, well, if my father is going to buy that conspiracy. There's probably no hope. So I'm 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 forty forty three. So I I lived through. Most of the seventies, you know, with sort of yeah. hearing about, you know, the the uh, you know the JFK conspiracy, and even during that, you know, House Select Committee on Assassinations. I mean, I you know, Watergate, 
Vietnam War, all of that, you know, that was, that was my boyhood, you know? And, uh, and so I, I, I guess, you know, I kind of grew up sort of assuming that, you know, that there was a conspiracy, the, you know, the Kennedy assassination. And, uh, and then one, one day, uh, uh, PBS, I think it was Nova or something. They had a, they had a, a, a sh- a show about the Kennedy assassination where they were sort of, God, this might've been the eighties, uh, late eighties, maybe, um, where they, they sort of used the best science at the time to sort of look at the assassination. And, and they're, ba- they're basically sort of looking for, you know, smoking, smoking guns. I mean, almost literally, right. You know, it's like, well, this is what the, you know, this is what the conspiracy people say, you know, this could not have happened this way. This could not have happened this way. This could not have happened that way. And then they went through and they examined all of those claims and they discovered, you know, like, well, you know, you know, no, it could have happened this way. No, it could have happened this way. It could have happened this way. Like the dictaphone, the dicta belt, you know, yeah. All of the stuff they sort of examined all of that, and and they, they sort of basically said, well, you know, that there's no, there's nothing here that 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 you know where it's like, okay, this definitely could not have gone according to what the Warren Commission reports, you know. And, and I thought, and and when I saw that special, then I, I definitely changed my mind. I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's the the null hypothesis, right? You know that if you know you know if you know we don't have to well, let's not multiply entities needlessly, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, Oswald was a nut, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, I'm a little bit younger than you, 37, and so I mean, I, I don't remember the uh, House Select Committee at all. But I mean, growing up, I, I guess if I gave any thought, I assumed there was a, uh, a conspiracy just because. I mean, especially my my one great aunt. I, I loved her to death, but she was oh, if you got her started about J, uh, LBJ and how he killed Kennedy, and you'd be there for hours. <laughs> Um, and I read in the late nineties, um, a bunch of the conspiracy books and, you know, they're, I mean, you still, if you look in a, a dime store, a used bookstore, there's, they're everywhere. I mean, then, you know, you, you buy them for, you know, a buck back then and there were 150 pages in big print and they'd spell out their conspiracy. And I read uh, maybe four or five of them and none of them agreed. And so my <laughs> thought, my thought was, well, wait a minute, they, they, they pick everything apart, but they, they're all internally inconsistent with each other. And sometimes their own book was inconsistent. So that's what kind of got me thinking that, wait a minute, maybe it might have just been one lone guy with a rifle shooting at the president. Um, yeah. So being Hink, or Hinkley, I mean, he was a lone nut. Um, you know, that was it, Squeaky, Squeaky From, who dropped a shot at Ford. I mean, she was kind of, I mean, she was part of the Manson family, but she was tried to bump off Ford, you know, as a lone nut. And then who's the guy who assassinated McKinley? I mean, he was, Oh, um, is that, oh, wait, no, is that Godot or, but yeah, I mean, well, yeah, he was, yeah, well, he was, he was an anarchist nut. Um, and, uh, well, the one thing about the Lincoln assassination, which even though there were like these greater conspiracy theories that, you know, uh, President Jefferson Davis had a hand in it and all that type of stuff in the South. There actually was a conspiracy with Lincoln. So maybe that satisfied everybody that Lincoln was killed as a greater assassination to decapitate the executive branch of the United States. So I guess people felt pretty good about that. Um, But I think with Kennedy, um, I just think it's very unsatisfying to think that, you know, this young president, um, very photogenic, um, if you, I mean, I, I have a, a, a lot of, uh, 
my strong Catholic background in my family, I mean, he was beloved. <laughs> if you were Catholic and a United States citizen, you very likely had a picture of JFK hanging in your business or in your office or your place of work. I know my, my grandmother did. Um, it just isn't satisfying to think that this great, great man was killed by some loser with a cheap $12 rifle um, almost as a, not nearly as a lark. Um, it, it just doesn't seem to fit. You know, it, he had to die for a bigger reason than just, you know, some idiot wanted to knock off the president of the United States. And sadly that that's the case. The, um, what was his name? You, you mentioned earlier, I, I got, was E. E. Howard Hunt? Yes. Right. Yeah. Now, didn't e. e. Howard Hunt, I mean, did, didn't he actually write a book where he claimed that it was, it was LBJ that, that was behind a conspiracy? He, well, what's interesting is there, he wrote a book, I think he said that it was LBJ who was behind it. But then there are other books written that E. Howard Hunt was involved in the assassination. <laughs> right, right, yes. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I always wondered, did E. Howard Hunt write that book? Because I think in the book previous, one of the earlier books had him fingered. So maybe it was trying to be, you know, defensive tactics. Oh, yeah, well, I'm going to one-up you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, none of these books, none of these books have any coherent story that say, oh, they all came to the same conclusion. There might be something there. Um, I mean, you know, there's theories that the, the uh, Federal Reserve, which is always in these conspiracies, he was killed too because Kennedy was going to get rid of the Federal Reserve. Right, um, yes. <laughs> you know, and, and, and uh, the one that got, um, oh, what's his name? The guy who did JFK, um, Oliver Stone. I mean, his big theory is that, you know, Kennedy was going to pull out of Vietnam. And because he was going to pull out of Vietnam, that the United States military wanted a war, and so they put LBJ in because he'd give them a war. Right. In fact, if I remember correctly, and I haven't seen the movie in ages, I think there's a scene, it's like a flash scene, and you see LBJ scribbling on a piece of paper like an order, saying at the end of signing the piece of paper, here's your damn war. You know? <laughs> and I even remember when I saw it in the theater thinking, well, that's just stupid. <laughs> I mean, come on. That didn't happen, you know. Well, what was the um, Oswald? I mean, did, Oswald actually tried to assassinate somebody or sort of earlier, a couple of years earlier. There was some some general that Oswald was. It wasn't really- even a couple of years earlier. I think it was a few months earlier. Okay. There was a general. I think his name was Wheeler or Miller, and he was a very arch right wing conservative, and he was um, basically removed from his division in Europe because he was handing out right-wing literature to the troops. Um, so he retired, and he got involved, I think, in the John Birch Society and that type of thing. And um, Oswald found out where he lived, and when he was sitting in his den or his living room, Oswald, with the same rifle that I think he used to kill the president, took a shot at him. And the bullet, luckily for the general, hit, like the, the I think, the frame of the window or something, so it deflected enough that it didn't kill him. Um, and, you know, Oswald tried to kill this guy, and apparently it's been confirmed because Oswald's wife basically fessed up to it when they're investigating him for the, the murder of the president. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Oswald was very capable of, uh, you know, trying to kill somebody. Um, I mean, when, when you sort of read Oswald's history, I mean, yeah, I mean, this guy was very, very, really pathetic character. I mean, a, a lot like, uh, you know, the guy who shot Reagan, right? I mean, just, you well, know. He, he was pathetic, but very driven. Right. Um, 
I mean, he, I mean, he spent his whole life as a Marxist. Um, he, you know, let's face it. I mean, I'm sure back there wasn't, there were other Marxists running around the United States in the early sixties, but I mean, he, I mean, he, he went, he went to Russia. I mean, he went to the Soviet union and tried to renounce his U S citizenship and become a Soviet citizen. Um, I mean, I mean, he's obviously deluded, and he couldn't hold a job down even in the Soviet Union. Uh, and when he came back to the States, he couldn't hold a job. But at the same time, he had this weird drive about him that, you know, he was going to make a splash. And actually, uh, I believe when he came back from the Soviet Union, he actually made the papers in the United States. Um, so it was kind of unusual for U.S. citizens to be repatriated back from the Soviet Union at the time. Right. Um, so, yeah, but he basically was, you know, a drifter loser who, you know, you know, was at the wrong place at the wrong time at the wrong instant and did a terrible act. Right. You know, one of the uh, – I mean the, um, the Kennedy assassination conspiracy people uh, – they sort of share a similarity with the uh, like the, the the moon landing hoax people, where you know their 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 whole you know the evidence is all based on you know uh, you know the official story could not have happened this way, and um, you know I was sort of mentioning earlier you know like um, you know Oswald could not have made the shot he could not got up the shots off in the amount of time you know the uh, you know the 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 bullet couldn't have followed that trajectory all these sort of things and 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 what I find interesting though is is you know uh, is people they then they go they go they 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 test all of this right they go well you know okay could Oswald have made those shots yes you yes. know yeah could the bullet have followed that trajectory <clears throat> yes you know you know the head moving back into the left you know. Could it have done that from uh, you know from you know a, a shot from behind? Yes, you know it's like what uh, what more do you need? You know. Well, I mean, you know, it's one of these things where you know to the hardcore and and, and most conspiracies, but you know even in the the moon, the moon hoax ones, you know you can sit there and refute each individual item, but they always have some other anomaly that they found and they throw at you. Right. Yes. Um, and and then when you go talk to them, you know, the next day, they'll bring back to you the stuff that you explained the day before and even some new anomalies that you've never heard of before. Um, you know, it's it's almost you – know, it's almost a religion, you know. It's right. like you, you can't break my faith. I will show you to be wrong and right. you're never going to be able to prove it to them. I mean, um, I mean, it, I got to be honest. I, I know, you know, in your other podcast, you bring up, you know, Dr. Novella's, you know, put your nickel down. And what would it take for you to be, you know, shown there was a conspiracy? Right. And I got to be honest, it, it, at this point, it'd be very difficult to convince me. It would almost take another, another, another camera operator who's been found, and you know, there's the guy firing at Kennedy from right. the grassy knoll. Yeah. Um, because it's just so clear that it was Oswald from the sixth floor book depository. Um, taking three shots and getting one lucky kill shot. Right. Yeah. But but you, you would agree though, if that you know you know if you know the you know the the, the magic bullet could not have done what it have done if it's if it's if it's shown that nobody can ever make that shot. You know. Oh you, well, yeah. You'd agree then. You go well. Yeah. Okay. There must have been another shooter. You know. Oh well. Yeah. I mean, you know, if Kennedy and um, and uh, the, the president and uh, the governor were sitting exactly front to back to each other. 
there's no way it could have been done. The med, there, you know, it just it could not have happened the way the official story went. But you know, unfortunately, or not fortunately, waiting for the evidence, um, they were not. They were seated slightly one above the other one and perfectly angled for the shot. Um, and you know, there's always like little anomalies, like when they reenacted the uh, assassination during the Warren Commission. For some stupid reason, they didn't get a you know 1961 convertible Lincoln with jump seats in the middle. They got like a 1957 Cadillac, and so those seats were lined up differently. So they'll say it there and say, "See, they couldn't even redo it when they did the scene themselves." Except it's a different car, right? Yeah. I mean, um, it might not have been the thing they were actually testing. They might have been testing something else. Well, right? Yeah, sure. But right. you know, they always bring up. Well, if you look at this picture here, that shot couldn't be done. But you know, that's not what Oswald saw. They were sitting in a different car. Um, but um, I just think, unfortunately, when you have numbers that are seventy percent of the public think that was an assassination plot, um, I, I just don't know if you had you know every single uh, skeptical podcast uh, blog out there blaring at the top of their lungs for over a year, pointing out all these facts. I, I just don't think you'd ever get rid of it. Um, and I think it's very sad because, um, I mean, if you think about it, what the conspiracy theorists are saying is something that's absolutely frightening. That whether it's the CIA or if it's LBJ or, you know, the mafia, there was some group out there that wanted to change the U.S. government and they effectively initiated a coup d'etat. Um, which is, I think is a lot more frightening than just having some one lone gunman gunning down the president because, you know, he was a left-wing nut and he wanted to take out the president for not liking Castro so much. All right, uh, Nigel. Um, I guess I'll just, uh, we could sort of wrap up and um, I'll ask you the, the final question of the evening. Uh, what, what's, your, uh, what's, your, what's your favorite small kitchen appliance? Well, there can only be one answer on this one. It's the uh, magic bullet. The magic. <laughs> is there actually an appliance called the magic? Oh, maybe in the states there's this little. It's like a little blender chopper that they uh-huh. sell like okay. on infomercials, and we have uh-huh. one. Okay, um, and it's called the magic bullet, and um, it's a great little thing if you're entertaining because you can do all sorts of fun things with it um, and make margaritas in a flash. But um, I mean, that obviously has to be it for this for this podcast. Oh, I, that's very good. Yeah, cool. You know, and, it, and it's my wife's favorite appliance, so you know I'm not making it up. <laughs> she loves the thing, so um, yeah. So I, I, I easily the magic bullet hands down. Right. You know, I, I I didn't ask you the Korean questions. I wasn't going to ask you the Korean questions because you you, you seem to have sort of a. a, a Need for a bit of privacy, but no, more, no, that's fine. But I think they all sort of came out. You know, you uh, you're, you're 37. You're married. You're an attorney. Uh, I didn't ask you if you have. Ch- do you have children? Uh, no, you sound like my parents. No, oh. not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think those are Korean questions. I think they're they're my parents. Um, <laughs> no, I my my wife and I have only been married for a year and a half, so uh, we're oh. still working on that. End. Oh, that's nice. Okay, well, congratulations. You're, you're, you're still almost kind of newlyweds or something. Yeah, uh, my wife and I actually got married in Las Vegas. And um, when we got married, it was broadcast on the web back to the East Coast where all of our family was. So when Rebecca Watson got married uh, live in, uh, at TAM, I said she stole my idea. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> 
of course, she had a thousand people or so in the audience, so you know, she's much cooler. But still, um, no, I'm 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 a simple man living in uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, a small town, um, about seventy miles west of Philadelphia. All right, cool. And, and the home of, um, I guess, the, the Hershey chocolate people, or, or it was. I, I, oh, no, no. Hershey, um, Hershey's, a, it, on one hand, it's a very typical Pennsylvania town, except the fact that it has the world's largest chocolate factory in it, two other chocolate factories. It's the headquarters to Hershey Foods. Okay. Um, and we have a teaching hospital <laughs> in the town um, and giant arenas. So, yeah, it's a typical town of 15,000 with all those amenities. So it's, it's a neat place to be. Um, and I'm not saying it because I'm a member of the Chamber of Commerce. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sweet. Okay, all right. Well, uh, did, 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 you have a, did you have a Korean question for me? Uh, gee, well, I, I, gosh, now you put me on the spot. Um, I will ask you this. Um, are you planning on going to TAM this coming July? Uh, yeah, awesome question. Uh, for, for sure, yeah. I, I, um, I mean, because I will say this for the other people out there listening. Um, I mean, Carl, I, I, I'm not just saying this to kiss up because you were good enough to put me on your show. Um, and this has been a blast. I mean, this is very enjoyable. Um, but, uh, I mean, you, Carl, are like a, a, a skeptical machine. Um, <laughs> you have a number of blogs out there. Um, I, know, I know your blog with Brian uh, Thompson on his website, you have a long run, uh, blog, right. you have this show, you, you're like, you're basically, I, I swear to God, you live on the SGU, uh, forums. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm always jealous because you always like get in what I'm thinking about before I do it. It ticks me off to no end. But, um, I mean, honestly, if, if the people who run cam are listening, I really think that they ought to stick you on a panel or something. <laughs> I, I, I'm being dead serious. I, I think you would have a lot, lot to offer and a, a lot to add. So, um, well, that might be an interesting idea. So uh, if yeah. James Randy's listening or Phil Plate, <laughs> you know, I, come on, I, get on the stick there. I, I accept, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my, my my latest project is I'm, I'm tra- well, uh, I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to do a a, a, a blog called Puff Puffin Watch, where I am uh, sort of exposing the hidden puffin menace. But I, I don't know. It's I, I've I've got a lot of bizarre little things on my plate. But I, I just I I just have an empty blog right now. Puffin Watch WordPress dot com or something. So you actually so. took out the site. You <laughs> actually have that blog site. Oh yeah, I've got a, I've got on both Blogspot and WordPress. So uh. well, I mean, and, and I, I do have to say this: I I am impressed. Now this is just becoming a, a love fest, but <laughs> I am impressed that you're able to do all this. And also, uh, you know, just because we just discussed him, Brian Thompson, who. I mean, he, he gets a, a post out, what, every day, um, plus about 500 tweets on Twitter. Right. Um, I mean, I just I, – I, I try my best to get at least two or three posts up a, uh, a week, uh, and I just don't know how you people do it. I, I'm impressed because I, I struggle on this stuff, and it's almost like I think you walk up to the computer and just spills out. So whatever <laughs> you're drinking, please uh, email me the uh, concoction because I need it. Just tap water, but uh, well, you've got a real life, obviously, Nigel. If I can call you Nigel, <laughs> got, the, got the career, you got the you got the wife. <laughs> Guys like me and Brian, we've got nothing. 
Yeah, you know, actually, if it's anything, it's probably my dog and my cat take a lot of my time, which is kind of embarrassing. But yeah, it's true. <laughs> cool. All right. I'll let you go. Cause I gotta... All right. Well, hey, it was a lot of fun. And um, if you ever get desperate again, um, you know, give me a buzz and uh, I'll try to be very fair with this one <laughs> when I write about it. I, I, ho- I hope you let your wife write the review because that might be, that might be kind of interesting. Oh, I think I, yeah, that's a good point. I think I actually will like push on that one. Okay, cool. And just all right. Thanks well, a lot. All right. Have a good night. Bye bye. You too. Bye. Shoot.